0: Hey! How's it going, everyone? Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Forward Thinking Founders. Today, I'm stoked to be talking to Daniel Gross, who's the founder of Pioneer. Before Pioneer, Daniel was a partner at Y Combinator. Before that, he was director of AI and machine learning at Apple. It all started with his startup, Q, that went through Y Combinator. Today we talk all about Pioneer, giving people access to opportunity, games, different kind of games, and everything having to do with productivity software and how it's changing. I hope you really enjoy today's episode with Daniel. I know I thoroughly enjoyed the conversation. I learned a ton. I hope you learn a lot too. With that, let's get into today's episode. Here we go. Daniel, welcome to the podcast. Thanks so much for having me on. Yeah, absolutely, a pleasure, a pleasure to have you on. So, let's dive right into it. Uh, Pioneer, uh, it's uh, tell me, uh, tell me about it, and I I obviously know a good amount about it. Tell the listeners who haven't heard what is Pioneer and give it a little backstory, just a little bit into to why you wanted to start Pioneer. Sure thing, sure thing. So, uh,
1: Pioneer is. kind of online game uh, for people uh, around really anywhere in the world that are working on a project, uh, which could be anything, could be research in biology or machine learning or something that could turn into a company uh, that are seeking a little bit of funding, mentorship, community and guidance for their, for whatever project they're working on. Uh, And what it enables you to do is uh, to basically win all these resources Um, But unlike kind of venture capital or grant systems, the way you win is by playing a game. Uh, And so it takes place over 30 days on the internet uh, where you try to get as many points as possible um, by kind of completing these different quests and games. Um, And we take, at the end of 30 days, we take the folks that score the most points, Uh, And then we fund whatever they're doing. We also put them together um, with industry experts, depending on what you're working on. So, you know, if it's a company, folks like Patrick Collison or Mark Andreessen, if it's research, folks like Laura Deming, or if it's cryptocurrency, folks like Bology. So that you really end up kind of getting really the main benefits of um, what we think are the basic booster package required kind of for success, which is, you know, mentorship, community, and guidance. Um, so in essence, we're, we're almost trying to build something that that feels like um, a online Ivy League campus, almost, um, where, uh, you know, you you can get kind of connected to really impressive people, just like you would on Harvard's campus. Um, you get a brand uh, as a byproduct of winning Pioneer, just like you do for, as, as a byproduct of graduating Harvard, um, and you get funding as well. Uh, and unlike Harvard, though, the way it's run is, you know, number one, entirely on the internet, and number two, with admissions kind of entirely done in software, uh, as egalitarian as possible. Uh, so if you're listening to this and you're and you're working on something and you're wondering whether it's kind of worth taking to the next level,
0: uh, Pioneer is a very easy way to, to, to at least experiment with it. Yeah, that's it's uh, a great explanation. I am um, when I saw it launch on Product Hunt, um, it had to be it had to be at least a, a year ago, maybe a little longer. Maybe a little. That was last August, right? Um, yeah. So when I when I saw it launch and I tried it out, I just thought it was this. It's fascinating because it's just a very different take on on a website and on a game and on a productivity kind of machine in in some capacity uh and i signed up for it and i played i believe the first three tournaments um so i'm curious in the early days you obviously put something out there you see how it goes and you iterate on it so i'm curious in between the first tournament or the second tournament and your current tournament um what are some things that you have learned about people And uh, how have those things that you've learned um, impacted some of your product decisions that you've made?
1: I think that's a great question because ultimately, uh, you build a product and you launch it and you have all these convictions and opinions about what's going to work and what doesn't. And you're always humbled by your customers and your usage and you realize you're pretty much shooting in the dark. Um, So... We've learned quite a bit, actually, and and evolved our product in response to usage. The largest lesson um, that we've taken from our users is it seemed we were of the view that uh, the main benefit of Pioneers would be winning the tournament, um, getting the funding, getting the mentorship, getting the guidance, all that stuff, getting the status, but it turns out... um, the the most uh, useful part of Pioneer is the experience of competing in Pioneer itself. Summoning Everest, actually being at the top, is apparently very boring. You spend maybe two minutes there, oxygen deprived, take a photo, and go down. But it's the climb and um, the ascension to Everest that you really form your character and your memories. And uh, it seems like with Pioneer, in similar vein, the benefit is in the journey. And so, as I, you know, one obvious way we saw that is both winners. And also people who didn't win Pioneer continued to play tournament after tournament after tournament, which again, really was not our original thinking around it. And so we changed the product actually quite recently to evolve beyond kind of an episodic uh, 30-day tournaments that have stop and start finishes um, every couple of weeks, where the doors kind of open and close uh, at random times. We changed it to kind of an evergreen ongoing tournament, something you can apply to pretty much any time. Uh, and just like starting a new match of Fortnite, uh, you know, we'll, we'll, you may have to wait uh, for us to place you with a cohort of people that started at the same time block as you, but you can get started any time. There's no moment where the doors are closed. And that was really in response to watching people just want to play this thing over and over and over again. Um, so that's kind of one, uh, probably the largest product lesson we've learned from our users. Um, the second one uh, is... Uh, you know, as it turns out, the, the funding that we give people, it was very easy to get attached to that as the big thing people wanted, but it turns out it's not really the large needle mover on people. Um, Pioneers, the, the funding is, is useful. It's, for some people, it's a big deal actually, especially if you're in an emerging market where a couple thousand dollars is enough to live off of for you know, a, a few weeks or maybe even months. Um, but the real thing we give people is almost the radicalization that their project is worthwhile um, because when you play a, uh, in a competition and forget winning you improve your position you build your confidence and you build at this conclusion that the project's worth doing because you're improving your position um, and uh, and you know that ultimately to us was a wonderful thing to hear because the real goal for Pioneer isn't just to detect people that are promising and to fund them, it's actually to create more of them, almost to generate people that, without Pioneer existing, had the website never been created, either would have gotten stuck in their own culture or stuck at a boring job at you know, Accenture, um, but with Pioneer are doing something slightly more colorful and vibrant.
0: That's a, an awesome future that, that you're painting. Uh, I actually wanna go go into the future a bit. so. You've been at Pioneer uh, for, for a little while now. You've learned some valuable lessons uh, and uh, um, things, are, things are active. I mean, it's, it's fun going back and, and playing the, the newest tournament. I guess it's an ongoing tournament. So I'm wondering, uh, this keeps happening. People from different countries join Pioneer. They play, they gain confidence, they, 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 they build their products. Maybe some of them win. What is the future that you're kind of rowing to? In, a, in another way that I want to phrase that question is in five years, what does the world look like um, with Pioneer and, uh, and what would it hit? What does the world look like with Pioneer? and that would not have existed that way without Pioneer? Like what's different? The simplest um,
1: answer to that for me is uh, ideally the world has... you gave me five years, okay.
0: Or, or 10 or 20, it's uh it's a, it's more just like, where are you rowing to? And no. and, 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 uh, and yeah, like what does the world look like in the future with pioneer uh, growing?
1: My hope is that five years from now, there are maybe 500 more people around the world that not are just pioneers. I would have hoped we funded thousands of people at that point, tens of thousands maybe, but there's 500 people you could point to that are, really changing society in some significant way. And you could think of this as like five years from now, the, uh, the Met Gala, they're all pioneers. Or five years from now, uh, there's 500 more kind of verified Twitter accounts, if that makes sense. People that stand out in some notable way. Um, and it'd be real neat, and this is a little bit hard, uh, but it'd be real neat if when you spoke to those people and you called them up and you said, where would you be without Pioneer? they would tell you "Well, oh, I'd be doing something very different mm. um, because again the, the, the real vision for us is to create more of these extraordinarily productive people I think the world could stand to have many more of them you could ask well why why do you believe that should the markets kind of efficient I mean you know people seem to be raising money people and I but I don't believe that and, and I believe proof for this is both um, existed in research and literature Raj Chetty has done quite a bit of, of good research on this from children who say score highly on IQ from low-income homes are far less likely to earn as much as those from higher-income homes. So there, there is an element of like being born in the right place. But also, um, I think if, if everyone thinks about their own story or the stories of great people, there's, there's so much luck and happenstance involved in success. And there's no software that tries to neutralize that from the equation, right? And so that's what we're trying to do, a kind of DSP, um, that, that removes the white noise of luck from the equation of success. Uh, and I think if we do that, we'll literally have created, um, you know, just more people doing interesting things from asteroid mining, to going to space, to curing cancer.
0: That's awesome, that's a, that's a future I wanna live in. Um, so you describe Pioneer, uh, I think you've always described Pioneer as a game. Uh, two, two questions regarding that. Um, where does your interest from gamification and game and like building a game come from? And actually, I'll, yeah, well, it will be a two-part question. Where does that come from? And then second, how do you think the fact that since you're building a game, do you think think that there are going to be other games that are built in different arenas? These new types of games that aren't just software that you're interacting with a virtual player but do you think pioneer is pioneering a new kind of game and the next time you go into an ea sports it's not just games on the dvd it's like life games that impact your life i'm curious how you think about that stuff um oh look
1: i generally believe that 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 gamification as much as it is a bastardized term is still incredibly underutilized and leveraged in uh for all forms of productivity software um, and why this is, is um, uh, it's, an, it's every, like everything else in life. It's an emergent property of the incentive structure of the system it's built in. And so uh, video games, their sole purpose, the sole purpose of video games is to put you in flow, hmm. uh, is to, make, to let you disconnect from the world, from your own mind, and really refocus you on an activity to the level that is so intense you forget time is moving. And so as a byproduct, they discover, video games discover all of these interesting things. Response time really matters, uh, scores really matter, feedback loops matter, leaderboards matter. And there's all of these insights that get discovered, again, because the sole purpose of the game is to put you in flow. Meanwhile, productivity software has a different purpose. You know, The way Gmail makes money is not by putting you in flow, the way it makes money is by sending emails. So it, it does everything does, in general, the bare minimum it needs to do in order to succeed uh, in the environment that it's in. We build just enough muscle to be able to carry our bodies on Earth's gravity unless you, like, work out and subject it to more weight. Uh, had we been living on Jupiter, we'd have more muscle, right? And so it's a byproduct of the system that you're in. Uh, and so Gmail, it's kind of this weird thing that emerges, and it's not fun Uh, It's not motivational. It can send email. No one has really married those two. No one's really gone and tried to bring the kind of uh, insights from the game world into productivity. Um, Pioneer's done that. uh, And my hope, yeah, my hope is that it's the beginning. We'd love to see mimicry of these concepts in other industries as well. I mean, you know, I'd love if people took us up and, and clone some of our concepts of leaderboards and point systems and quests and side quests. And just like we bled that into productivity, they could bleed it into you know a, a futuristic Google Docs that motivates you to write more and write properly, um, so that you experience less moments of like pause and you know start and, start and stop that people experience when they're writing with email, helping you accomplish your goals uh, as opposed to just doing the bare basics. Um, you know, even things like, um, you know, even things like workout apps, I think could be far more gamified than they are today. And you see that's one world where there's you're starting to see a little bit of this and, and you would ask, well, why there, why is any of it happening there? It's because they struggle, right? So workout apps generally struggle with compliance. Uh, and so, cause people don't pretend on them usually. And so, The system is forcing them uh, to think a little bit more about how to get people in flow all the time. But ultimately, my view is that gamification uh, provides kind of this nuclear energy um, that is missing from most of the software that we use. Pioneer is certainly trying to inject it into its software, uh, and and certainly five, ten years from now, if we're successful, maybe we'll have inspired a new way to think about building software.
0: That's, uh, that's awesome. I, I really like that. Um, one thing I want to mention uh, just about fitness apps, because you said, mentioned that and I had to, to say it. Uh, there's this app that launched that like a month and a half ago called future fit. And it, it's a they ship you a smartwatch for free as part of the subscription. Um, so you aren't able to like, so the accountability is to the, to the highest level. And, um, it's just the only fitness app that I've ever used that has gotten me to the gym four times a week for the last month and a half, excluding when I was a little sick. So it's been, um, yeah, like I, it's, I don't know if it's gamification, but the extra expense of the smartwatch, which may seem not like a stup- stupid move on their end, is actually retaining me and probably retaining a lot of users, which I think is an interesting uh, dynamic. Kind sort of an
1: um, exploitation of the sunk cost fallacy, but used in your favor as opposed to against you.
0: Yeah, it's um. Because the thing, when you're, uh, when I was on their website and they said, oh, hey, like it, it's this much, it's a, it's a hundred fifty dollars a month, I think, which is not cheap, um, but it's cheap if you think about personal trainers. It's, it's expensive if you think about it as an app. But they say, oh, here's a watch too. And You're like, oh my gosh, I get a watch out of it. So It almost tricks you to like, to like, oh, but well, you get a watch. But then you start going through the cycles and you don't want to stop because the workouts are so good. So that company, uh, I'm a very early adopter of it, and I'm trying to be a pretty big advocate and trying to like share it and whatnot because it's a. Uh, cool. So um, anyways, I just wanted to mention that uh, simply because you were talking about fitness apps. Going back to to Pioneer and this kind of future of gaming, um, or this future of productivity plus gaming, do you have any interest or insight or thoughts into using um, VR or AR uh, with Pioneer as those are two softwares, or those are two technologies that already have next- type of gaming on it. Do you have any plans for that? I'm curious.
1: Yeah. um, You know, when you start a company, the default is failure. Um, And one thing I think first time founders do quite a bit is there's so much novelty in the world they try and there's so many interesting things to think about um, in an attempt to reduce odds of failure and increase the the chances of potentially having a successful outcome they try to like actually uh, load up on on their backs on their already broken backs mm. so many new things uh, in, in an attempt to make themselves successful, not realizing that that is just increasing the already infinitesimal odds they have of success. So a, a classic example you see of this is management structures and hierarchies. Occasionally, first-time founders will start companies and they'll get very focused on holocracies. Well, there'll be no management structure. Everyone reports to everyone. I read in a blog post that that works for Valve, the gaming company, so it's gonna work for us. It feels much more egalitarian, but it's bad. Uh, and there's a reason pretty much everything from you know napoleon's army to apple has structure today Uh, it just works when you have a certain scale of people and in similar vein i think we can we have a, a very limited and all companies have a very limited number of what you could call frontier bets we can place things where we can say we're doing something big and different and weird here and our frontier bet is already we're over like encumbered with psychology psychometrics gamification uh global funding models uh you know uh optionality added funding structures potentially income share agreements uh we can't encumber ourselves with ar and vr too um that being said i think ar and vr show a lot of promise and my hope is that tools will get built potentially by pioneers in the ar and vr world uh, that we could potentially leverage and use, but we can't do it in house. Um, uh, so, for example, you know, one thing that uh, I think is really important for us is that someone figures out why video conferencing is not as good as meeting in the real world, because um, it, it's not. It's not. It's it's certainly better than trading emails, but it's not as good as the real world. No one seems to know why. I have never gotten a satisfying answer about it. Um, and maybe with a VR headset. It's just like you develop the same bonding as you do in the real world now for Pioneer that's a giant deal because that means um, pioneers can really interact with each other befriend one another build community build brand build network as if they were physically in the same place which they can't do today Um, but we're not going to build that in-house we'll gladly fund a pioneer to do it but we won't do it in-house and so I think VR and AR and A lot of other things like cryptocurrency and uh, embryo selection and all these things will change the world. We in-house can only work on the engine that finds and prospects promising people and invest in those projects. I don't think we have the right or, honestly, ability to focus on making, you know, an iPad and an iPhone at the same time.
0: I think uh, a lot of people will appreciate that answer. I know I do, as uh, pretty much a first-time founder. So um, uh, that's uh, that's really insightful. Uh, a couple other questions for you, uh, and then and then uh, the final question that I always ask. So you mentioned um, you mentioned that when, uh, just earlier in this podcast that you're in a way building like kind of like a, a Harvard. Set- Harvard-like alumni network, kind of like a school in a way. Can you just – I'm kind of interested in what does – like, are you, are you building kind of the next Harvard in some capacity? And um, actually, I'll ask it in a, in a different way. Um, in 100 years, does Pioneer have campuses? <laughs> uh, like, like, you know, I know it's very far out, and you can only – you just said you can only focus on what you can focus on, but just, like, let your mind go for, like, a second. Like, what could Pioneer become?
1: Yeah, I think there are two narratives here. Um, one is one is that pioneer truly becomes a religion uh, in the physical world, and it becomes a religion for following your dreams, for productivity, for self actualization, and achievement, uh, and religions have local chapters. Uh, they have people that meet in local communities. It's not really centrally governed. There is kind of a general thing that it stands for. So maybe it's the color yellow and the fact that, um, it's a collection of people not pursuing the traditional path, uh, who are a little bit weird, very ambitious, very curious, importantly, very productive. That's one view. Um, you know, a kind of, CrossFit for productivity style. Um, The other view is kind of like the first, except it takes place entirely on the internet. And in that view, there isn't, yeah, we have campuses, but the campuses are these VR, AR chat rooms. And maybe the reality of it is 100 years from now, it's both. Um, But the the goal is very much to build this kind of enduring movement uh, of people predominantly earlier on in life who... Are disagreeable enough to, you know, cut from the the main path that their culture rewards them, and try something slightly different, slightly unconventional, uh, just on the odds of success, um, on on the small odds of success, uh, and pioneer becomes a a force in convincing, you know, ten times more people to do that. I really, really believe that uh, we're kind of missing that from the world now, and so. If, we're, if anything I've created around, that uh, is still around a 100 years from now, it's that idea. It's that movement of um, self-actualization.
0: That's, uh, that's awesome. <laughs> uh, yeah, I like that a lot. Um, one uh, question that just popped up and then we'll, we'll get rolling to our, our final one. Um, I've, I've Let's do a few interviews with you, but I don't know if anyone's ever asked this. Um, why yellow?
1: <laughs> uh, who knows? Uh, who knows how, why people make these decisions. Uh, There's something about the aesthetic that I think speaks to the character of pioneer, which is energetic, optimistic, um, somewhat hopefully, uh, you know, pleasant to look at depends on the particulars of the shade. Uh, And so, you know, I, I, I kind of also like that it's effectively the color of, well, almost photosynthesis, you know, which is a, a product that delivers energy, um, uh, to, you know, to plants, and and hopefully we can be a source of energy
0: uh, to to people. Cool. Well, that's awesome. I have been. This has been very. It also kind of looks cool. So I mean,
1: that's that's the.
0: Well, when 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 it was launched, um, the, the the website, and it still is this. The website is very very yellow, and I just it stands out i think when i when I see the website and the logo and just all of it there are it's not like it's blue everything's blue whereas not that many things for yellow and i I think your ideal pioneers your ideal kind of applicants to be or your ideal players uh kind of are trying to stand out in a way so that's i i i, I like that i like that I'll use that in a future podcast incredibly <laughs> cool. um yeah it's this has been um Pretty, pretty, pretty awesome conversation. I uh, have loved Pioneer um, and some of your blog posts from like just as from what you've written in the last several years. So it's been awesome to be able to talk. My last question for you is: you're uh, you're building the future right now with Pioneer. You you're helping other people break free from what they maybe don't want to be to see who they could be to, to become that. And you're giving opportunity. You're funding. You're you really are building the future and usually when I do this podcast, they ask what advice would you give to someone listening to this podcast if they want to build the future, but I'm just going to ask, what advice do you, are you going to give to someone who may want to be a future pioneer? Uh, like, like if he wants to change the, change the future and be an outlier, you know, like, well, where would you tell them to start, uh, and, and take that first step?
1: Well, I think the thing to realize what, so the problem we should bear in mind that, uh, when we talk about changing the future the mind immediately goes to these fairly large grand ideas things like going to you know uh jupiter or uh curing cancer or like i mentioned before i don't know asteroid mining and it can be both incredibly ambitious and exciting to think about those things, but also very confusing um, because it's not really clear how to start. Um, so I think that the the question for the potential future pioneers, you know, where do you start from? Uh, and I think the 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 most important lesson we're trying to give people, the the ailment we're trying to cure in people, is the ailment of self-editing or analysis paralysis like oh I'm not sure what to do I got none of these ideas seem good and I think you know Pioneer was really created with the sole purpose of reducing the kind of activation energy required to swing into a project really it's our message to people to say don't worry about it too much just pick something simple and go and it can be quite inspiring to go back and look at the early websites of Facebook or LinkedIn or Amazon, for that matter, and realize how stupid and silly they look. Um, and and if you superimpose that on what you're going to have today. It's going to look stupid and silly, like a bootstrap template you cobbled together with some JavaScript. It's not going to look great. Um, it may turn into something great, um, but you shouldn't worry about that for now. In in the running world, there's a famous aphorism they tell people you know, to use at mile 18 or 30 of your marathon or ultra marathon, which is to run the mile that you're in. Don't really focus on the long-term goal here. And I think that kind of is the counterintuitive advice I would give to someone. Just focus on, you know, the week that you're in. Uh, And uh, you can have, you can inspire yourself with a 20 year goal, but I I really wouldn't, wouldn't get uh, scared by it or wonder how to approach it. Just focus on where you are and kind of try to move one step forward. You'd be surprised what ends up happening is if you're even somewhat, uh, successful you get pulled into this feedback loop where it becomes really easy to just continue going and going and going and going and kind of hill climb your way to success
0: that's a great answer to to finish it out uh daniel thank you so much for coming on to the forward thinking founders podcast i uh, yeah really appreciate it thanks so much for having me and for everyone listening i hope you enjoyed this awesome podcast with uh with daniel and i hope you all have a great evening or morning or afternoon see everyone